When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk Talk about about it. it. Very excited for all of you out there joining us for uh, season 6A of the Sopranos. I'm very, you know, this is uh, very exciting. Um, just wanted to uh, remind everyone up top, give us five stars in a review on the uh, on the Apple uh, podcast store. Um, I, I, I've noticed a, we've gotten a lot of good reviews that have come in in the last month while we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, um, but not nearly enough. And I won't be happy until we have thousands of them. Isn't that... Isn't that right, Vince? That's right. I won't be happy either. I'll continue <laughs> to be dissatisfied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just going to be sad until that shit just reaches to the top of the charts. So please do that. Um, also, uh, a reminder, obviously, patreon.com slash frogcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. I just want to say up top, I know we you know, don't do shout outs to the end, but um, we, we got a $100 patron. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, named Jason, and the the hundred dollar tier is was kind of set up sort of as a joke. I mean, it was kind of like, hey, if you if you do this for a while, uh, then I'll I'll fly over to your, you know, wherever you live, and uh, you know, I'll do I'll set up a stand up show and I'll I'll do comedy, and then like you know, uh, COVID happened, and I was like, well, that was probably a stupid idea, anyways. I wasn't even gonna do that. But I kind of left the tear up, and so now I don't know. I don't really know what to do. Um, so I just want to say, Jace, fly to that guy's city and do stand up, or Otherwise, I could just be like, "You're a liar." You know, I that's true, but I just want to say instead, um, I'm just gonna, I dedicate this episode to you, Jason, uh, and your and your huge your huge fat dong, which I think is probably really hot. You probably have a really good dick. And um, you get it in regularly and often, and people like uh, you as a person, but they also, everyone wants to fuck. Am I, I, I'm doing a bad job. Vince, what do you think about <laughs> Jason, our $100 patron? He's great. I feel like you should drive to his town and do stand-up there, but... You're really, you're really fucking up my life right now, dude. (laughs) Follow me on this journey of telling Jason that he's got a good dick or something. You're so good looking. Yeah. Great job. You're a good looking guy. Thank you for being hot, Jason. And, um, yeah, you know, just, 
answer my my dm on patreon and maybe maybe i will go to your city i don't know maybe i hope your city is like sherman oaks you're just someone who believes that the valley is a different city anyways that's enough of the intro shit right sure um, well i'm gonna okay. do a shout out to uh, oh, yeah. my buddy dp who's uh has his first week of chemo this week so i just wanted to give him a you know oh. hang in there uh, hang in there buddy hang in there dude chemo yeah. is is uh is fun or is not is not fun uh you've got a good dick too <laughs> it's strong and people like it um yeah so hang in there dp dp double penetration mm -hmm. fuck yeah it's a good ass name for someone with a big dick um so yeah anyways today we are talking about from season 6a of the Sopranos episode one members only uh, and our guest you know him from the sit down podcast uh, also he's going to be in, in Atlanta November 19th at the roll call theater with Adam Friedland ladies and gentlemen Mike Racine is here hi thanks for having me oh yeah thanks thanks for coming on man We're very excited to, to have you to talk about some Sopranos shit Jason should be giving $100 a month to the guy with cancer, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, like a GoFundMe, like a Patreon. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he could do that as like a separate thing, but mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like he's, by supporting our podcast, he's supporting the cancer guy yeah. That's right. in, yeah. in, a, in like his entertainment. In like an indirect way. In an indirect way, yeah. It's a trickle-down economics of podcasting where you give money to the podcast and hopefully mm -hmm. to that podcast... Uh, can help uh, affect change, you know. Yeah, yeah. That is the funny thing about podcasting. You never really know. You never really know what you mean to people. Because there was a girl who used oh, yeah. to give me fifty bucks a month on Patreon, and she was like, "I know this is probably a lot of money, but I really like the show, and the show really means a lot to me." And uh, I have no idea where she is right now. I haven't heard from her in a long time. I hope she's. <laughs> but okay. you, do you still get the money? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, she canceled I eventually. So. I think she's she probably still or something. I'm sure she's, yeah. She's probably she's alive. Still alive. I hope so. That would suck, dude. If like she gave fifty she... bucks a month and it was like part of like yeah. you know like uh, when you're bipolar, you go through like a manic episode <laughs> where you start giving away all your money. Right. right. <laughs> you just give it to a bunch of podcasts that you like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy to benefit off of someone's mania, sure. but you know. And, yeah. And we're all like, oh, I don't know. I thought she was fine. Yeah. She, I thought she, she was rich or something. <laughs> yeah. I really hope she didn't need the money. Yeah. I hope she didn't, yeah. That's, That's how like I feel. Eighty percent of casinos takes come from like degenerate gamblers with like a legitimate addiction or something like that. Is that true? Wow. <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds so, right. So you know, that's just maybe that's how Patreon patrons work too, where it's just like you know, eighty percent of our patrons are in the manic phase of. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's it's a, it's a very interesting relationship that you have with your your patrons because it's like you're. It's great. It's great that people you know like give you money but then there's sometimes you just want to be like is everything okay over here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true there is part yeah. of me that goes like you know because some people they'll 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 like they'll sub for like a couple of months and then they'll leave and their reason behind it is like oh you know i, I just don't have any money yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. they'll come back like a month later and you're like i don't think you I don't think you have the money to keep doing this, man. Like I, <laughs> like yeah. just DM me. I'll just send you the MP3 you the, file. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't want anyone to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to profit too much off of people's uh, depression. But at the same mm -hmm. time, you know, hey, someone's it's very gonna nice. do it. 
Someone's got to yeah. do it. Why, why, if it's not why us, not us? Yeah. It's going to be someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. If right. it's not, it'll be Joe Rogan and he's got enough money. Yeah. Right. He didn't. Yeah. I don't any. think either one of our fan bases has like a lot of disposable income, unfortunately. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, it's funny because Francesca's sure? podcast, my fiance, she does like mm-hmm. a, a political one. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that she has a more higher, higher class. Mm-hmm. uh listenership because mm-hmm. her she doesn't have as many patrons as as we do but she has almost the exact same amount of money right. and, and it's just a lot of people who are like they have the the ability They're to get like, 20 you're doing bucks really good work you're doing yeah. really yeah it's you know yeah. it's uh, well, look, hey, you know we just need to pit we need to talk about entrepreneurship a little more yes. and uh you Crypto. know the Hustle mindset, and you know maybe we'll get some more of those uh, self starters. Yeah, yeah. So well, um, once you're married, it's once you're married, it's your pay, it's both your patreons. I know that's why I be, I keep telling yeah. her that I'm like so it's you also know your Patreon once you get married. Yeah, yeah. I'm like you know we got to split that Patreon fifty fifty right, and yeah. she's like, nah. But that's fine. Is that a baby in the background? No, yes, but <laughs> his me. mom should be home any minute now. Uh, I don't know. Tell me about I your baby, him? Mike. Do you want to talk about your baby on the podcast or not really? I don't really want to. I was hoping he'd be okay. Let me, <laughs> let me just go check on him real quick. Yeah, 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 his please. His fucking mother's supposed to be home. Oh, Goddamn mom. Um, women. I'm going to start calling my wife my son's mother. <laughs> just to, yeah. you know? Hold on. Give me one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the matter? <laughs> That's how I talk to my son too. What's the matter? Come on, what's yeah. your what's your problem now? Yeah, are you serious? Are you crying again? Ugh. You know what I love about your baby? What's that? Is your baby your baby looks like a mafia baby? Mm-hmm. You have the most mafia ass looking baby I he's, think I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, he's he has a furrowed brow and a receding mm-hmm. hairline. Yeah. Yeah. I had him watching YouTube, and uh, uh, I had him watching the show called Hey Bear. Yeah. And then it automatically goes to fucking Elmo when that's over. It doesn't play more Hey Bear. So I had to go and reset the... Wait, let me grab him. <laughs> oh. God. All right. All right. Mom's home. All right. We're good. Oh, it's all good. She's uh, a minute late. That is... My- my son's mother is home, so that's good. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, so... Elmo has, like, a monopoly on YouTube. It's a, it's annoying. I mean, I'm glad that that's where the algorithm went. Like, it'd be so funny yeah. if, like, yeah, I, you came <laughs> back and it's just an alt-right channel and it's just talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the fall of Western the civilization. Right. Dude, I sent you that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that video of my eight-year-old stepson and his cousin, and I'm... I'm convinced what they were watching was North Korean propaganda. It was like a war movie, like in mm-hmm. Korean without subtitles. And I'm like, what are you guys watching? And they're just sitting there transfixed for like, <laughs> they're like, years. I don't know. It was just, that was what was next. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were watching, you know, Chippendale rescue Rangers. And it immediately went into a whole thing about how capitalist South Korea needed to be destroyed. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Mike, uh, let's talk about the Sopranos cause this is Great, technically the a baby's Sopranos. gone. Right. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. no, don't worry about it. You know, life is beautiful. Um, so, uh, do you like the Sopranos? Uh, yes, I do. I like the Sopranos a lot. 
Um, and I'm also uh, Italian, and I'm uh, proud to be Italian, unlike a lot of people. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're a, a good... You're a proud Italian-American. Yeah. So when you watched the show, The Sopranos, did you first watch it because you were like, I just, I just need to see some Italian-American representation on TV? Yeah, I think so. It had been a while, you know, since uh, <laughs> since they gave us anything, and now they're now they're back to not giving us anything, and we're back, you know, to podcasting. Um, yeah. But yeah, we did have a nice little run there in the in the uh, early early two thousands. Um. Uh. Also, I do remember people when it came out, people being like upset by it, like that it didn't portray, and they do that on the show in season one. They have like a Melfi's yeah. family is like, oh, oh it's mm. not. Uh, they're they don't portray us correctly. Yeah, there's like a whole thing. There oh, it's and, uh, great. Yeah, she's sitting yeah. around and and they're all going like, you know, they uh, they don't they don't uh, give us good decent portrayals of hardworking Italian Americans yeah. like like us, yeah. a bunch of fucking pseudo intellectuals, academics right. who make money just telling people that they're sad. Right, and it's yeah. like who wants to watch somebody like deliver coal for two hours? You know, it's like <laughs> I think that'd be a tough thing to make a movie out of. Yeah, we do it about yeah, the mafia because be it's yeah, the ma- you know the mafia like the stakes are higher. It's you know yeah. more life and death. But um, yeah, yeah, there's this so, guy, yeah. there's this guy Rico. He drives a bus, and uh, he's a good guy. We made a show about him. <laughs> he goes it's called to, uh, goes Rico. To church. Yeah, Rico yeah. the bus driver. <laughs> and he loves those kids. He takes yeah. them from point A to point B. And Never every any week. problems. Always wears his seatbelt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every day yeah. for lunch, I, he brings a sandwich that his wife made. <laughs> Do you remember in like 1998, this Jay Moore movie came out? It was like a spoof movie oh, called yeah. Mafia. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember like being out to dinner with my dad and my grandmother, and my dad being like. Yeah, mom, you know that movie Mafia that came out? Yeah, they're saying it doesn't portray Italians very well. And it was literally like a spoof movie. With like, there's like a horse throwing, a lady farts and a building falls down. Yeah, it was and like somebody saw that and they're like, no. They're making us look bad. I remember one incredible sequence from that movie, which is that it's like a funeral scene and they're somber, like the pallbearers are som- somberly carrying the casket out to the gravesite mm. and they get to the gravesite and they tip over. They tip the guy over into the casket, and there's some guy there with a hose that sprays sprays the casket down after the that's corpse funny. falls out of it. I was like, "That's a good bit. I like that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have a? Is there anyone on the Sopranos? Like, do you have a favorite character or one that you relate to the most, or or anything? I guess I like Johnny Sack, even though everybody kind of has their like bo- their admirable moments and their terrible moments, mm-hmm. you know. So like, there's nobody who's uh, no one's perfect. Who you can really, yeah. Except I, I guess, except maybe Carmela's therapist in uh, season three. Oh yeah, that um, was the best. <laughs> that guy was cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like that. I like that Johnny Sack doesn't cheat on his wife. You know, you like that he's a wife it's guy. Good. I like that he's a wife guy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's important to commit yourself to uh, <laughs> you know, to one woman. He's in definitely God. He was. He's the first. I love. I love my large wife guy, which is mm-hmm. like really. Mm-hmm. It, it was mm-hmm. so before its time. You know, like mm-hmm. it was before I mean, he doesn't make a big Twitter. thing about it. Like he doesn't no. talk about. It. He just does it. Like he leads no. by example, which is nice. His weight never bothered her. Yeah, never bothered him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 beautiful in a way because uh, I just the I don't know the physics of it. <laughs> yeah, he's got me blocked on Twitter, by the way, because I tweeted 
the actor because I tweeted yeah. something about how like the guy who played Johnny Sack or like, Johnny Sack is a better person than like the guy who plays him. Just like yeah. a pretty innocuous <laughs> tweet. And then like all these compound media fans were like snitching on me and they were like this. Hey, Vincent Curatola, this guy's talking shit about you. And then and then this one guy was like being really vocal about it. And I was like, you're a fucking snitch. And yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, you're talking about a guy I like. I think I'm going to let him know. And then and then. Vincent Curatola blocked both of us. <laughs> oh, good. that's good. good. Yeah. This, yeah, this guy thought he was going to have like, you know, he was going to be like best friends with Johnny Sack. <laughs> oh, I love that. Because like, you yeah. know, he has some principles. He was like, well, I don't want anyone, you know, bad mouthing me. And I mm. also do not uh, associate I with don't, snitches. I don't associate. No, snitch, <laughs> exactly. snitch taggers exactly. are the lowest form of life on earth. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm just telling you in advance, if any of our listeners pull that shit, you're going to be blocked too. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't like being uh, someone snitch tagged me recently that uh, they were they were snitching on someone else who who uh, called me a um, Costco brand Adam driver, which yeah. I was like, that's not you know, that's that's accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, I don't I don't like I don't mind being compared to Adam driver. But it was also like one of those things where it's like, you know, I was I was living my life fine, not knowing that someone was making fun of me on the Internet. You don't have to. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Tell me that. It's fucked up. But this is not an Adam driver snitch tag podcast. No, this is a Sopranos podcast. And we, of course, cannot start the podcast without first listening to the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we are talking about from season 6A of The Sopranos, episode 1, Members Only, which premiered on uh, March 12th, 2006. Vince, break us off a little piece of that synopsis. Gene Pontecorvo makes a final break from the mob life while Junior's paranoid delusions could be the end of Tony. Mm, wow, yes. spoiler much jeez spoiler much um and what was happening at the time that the episode came out and if you don't mind me asking what were you guys doing in 2006 because i feel like 2006 was kind of like a formative year for me oh yeah right yeah that i was, mean 2006 uh... for me i was in college and uh or i was yeah i was in college and i was wa- i was just watching the Sopranos. i think this is actually the season where i first started watching the sopranos like live like when it was on tv oh okay yeah this was this was uh so formative in in that sense um other than that i mean what was i do i was on a lot of drugs i was mm. mostly mostly okay. on opiates that, that's okay. what i was doing t- in 2006 yeah i think nice. i was fresh out of college uh just working a bunch of series of shit jobs but uh were you, was this when you were at Back up. Dude, you can't say that on the show. I got a non-disclosure. Oh, oh I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to beep it out and it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, I think that was that was around that time. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that was probably the job. And then, um, you know, just <laughs> partying balls. Did a lot of that. Yeah. 
I feel like oh, the yeah. aughts were just like, all right, everything sucks, so get drunk. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time to be an addict because it was just like everything like around you, surrounding you in the world was just bad enough that I was like, yeah, I would like to numb myself out. Yeah. Oh, what was happening with you? Um, I started stand-up that year. I was going to college, and I started doing bringer shows at this club. And I was actually going to uh, college in North Jersey. Ah. Um, at Montclair State, so North, yeah. So this the area that Sopranos takes place in is very kind of like close to my heart. I so helped I was move like, someone into the dorms at Montclair State once. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Are you a mover? <laughs> no, no. I was. Uh, oh, okay. I was in. I was going to Columbia, and I had a girlfriend. Her friend was. Uh, her be- her friend's like best friend w- had just gotten into Montclair State or something, and so we like helped nice. move okay. her into. I can't remember. Maybe it was out of the okay. dorms. One of the two. Wow, you're a good okay. boyfriend. You're helping a friend of the girl. A friend of the move. girl you dated. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a lot of stuff. It was like two things. Sure. Must have been good pussy, though. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you were starting stand up uh, at that time? I started stand up, and then I, I kind of made the decision to drop out of college, and I moved to New York the following year. And I was also working for like a kind of a scam home improvement company where I was setting <laughs> appointments for the sales guys to go in and rip people off you're finding the leads you're you're giving them the good leads yeah i I I was getting i was getting the leads yeah 2006 was the time where i think everyone probably had at least one job that ended up being some sort of pyramid scheme uh like like that i feel like that's when uh friend of the pod joe sinclitico was working for didn't he work for like trump Trump college Trump university yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and he was Yeah, like their whole thing was sending him like information about how to like start an online business. Yeah. And at one point he was talking to this old lady that clearly like didn't know uh anything about the internet and and he mm-hmm. he eventually was like, "Yeah, I don't really think you need this." And his manager was listening to the call uh like what well, like as a training call and he was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" like Yeah. And he's like, "I don't, exactly. don't want to like take all her money. She didn't need it." And he goes, "She would have done the same to you," which I feel like <laughs> what is the mindset right. of all exactly. boiler room places? <laughs> yeah. Sure. It is doggy dog and out I think, there. Like on a larger in a larger sense, I, I like the main thing I remember about the aughts, like pre financial crisis, was just that there was like free bullshit money everywhere. And yes, if you weren't getting, if you weren't like making it, you felt like an idiot. And also that, uh, you know, like they, like if you weren't doing something slightly shady to make a bunch of money, like you were kind of a, a dumbass. Square. It was, it was a time when all, time. all of your dumbest friends were getting rich on, yeah. on like, you know, I just some bought real a house from scam. being a mortgage uh, broker. Like there in California, everybody yeah. was yeah. a mortgage broker and buying Hummers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what else was happening at the time oh, that this episode came Matt, out? I think what you're trying to say is that, uh, you know, we have to have context for all uh, culture. We can't, sure. we can't evaluate a show outside of the context in which it was it. released. And for that, we have the Remember When Machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, bop, bop, shoo, bop. Remember then, 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 then. Remember Remember when is the lowest form of conversation. Uh, yeah, so I'll start with some serious stuff. Uh, March 12, 2006, a few things that happened. Six car bombs exploded in Sodder City. Uh, killing at least 46 people. 
Fun. Uh, yeah. Senator Russ Feingold announced that he will introduce a motion of censure uh, against George W. Bush uh, over for approving the domestic wiretaps uh, without a court order. And, uh, you know, obviously it worked. He felt really bad. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He decided got, to it, cancel the Patriot Act and everything's. Yeah. And now yeah. we don't have any surveillance at all. So it, it worked out great. Yeah, man. You know, that's. They, they, people say that the, uh, you know, Senate doesn't work, but it worked then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, we got our fun story, um, which is about. Uh, the, uh, the the headline is from the New York Post. Headline: The Contender, Vin Diesel lookalike, the early idol fave. What? <laughs> He's a rocker stepdad, and he might be too good for American Idol. Chris Daughtry, pronounced Daughtry, has already proved Simon Cowell wrong time and time again, and we're only down to the final twelve. If the oh, bald-headed man. rocker can hold on long enough, he could be the next Bo Bice or even Kelly Clarkson. Who's Oh, man, I know Kelly Clarkson. I know that one. I think I at this at this point in my life, I had completely tuned out of American Idol. I vaguely remember so, the name Bo Bice, but like if you told me he was like a Fox News talking head, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's yeah, that could be. Um, right. Rumors have already circulated on the internet that the North Carolina native has been asked to replace the lead singer of Fuel after his stunning <laughs> performance of Hemorrhage. Nice. We all remember when. Daughtry almost became the lead singer of Fuel, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Don't we, folks? Don't we that, folks? That song Hemorrhage who, who, that we all won that year. Taylor Hicks actually won the season of season uh, of American Idol <laughs> and went on to a beautiful career. <laughs> yeah, doing, we all, all remember him doing pop blues that we all <laughs> loved. And then I think Bo Bice came in second place, right? I mean, it sounds right. I, I'm trying to remember who Bo Bice was, but uh, um, Carrie Underwood beat him. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, the top movies in the country were Failure to Launch, The Shaggy Dog, The Hills Have Eyes, 16 Blocks, and Medea's Family Reunion, which, uh, yeah, this 2006 was a cultural wasteland, and I think uh, that yeah. top five really uh, really underlines it. Um, the yeah. top pop song was Check On It by Beyonce featuring Slim Thug. Uh, and no idea. No idea either. Uh, the top rock song was Animals by Nickelback. Ah, so that was what was going on at the time that this episode came out. Um, just uh, there was no good cultural output happening at the time other than The Sopranos. Um, yeah, De- good to Departed know. Departed won Best Picture, I think. And, yeah, I mean, that was good. So yeah. basically the only good things were, uh, you know, like mafia movies. That was yeah. mafia content was, was having a renaissance right. at the time. Um but yeah, let's get into the episode now. Vince, you already read, um, you know, the synopsis about Gene Pontecorvo mm-hmm, making a break mm-hmm. from the mob. And, uh, you know, it's, that's boring, <laughs> which is why I, you know, now I, uh, I have a Bada B story for you. And um, it explains uh, all of the, the stories that I'm are sure happening. We can't wait. We all can't wait, Matt. Just <laughs> lay it This on is going to be one of the... Stranger ones that I've done. Um, I uh, I don't know if anyone actually knows this song or if uh, it's just something that I liked at the time. Uh, so yeah, uh, enjoy. Tony is finally shot by his uncle Junior. Junior, he 
liked it. was just that was just the chorus of it but uh yeah that is you know i'm i'm not gonna i'm not, I'm not gonna subject you guys to the whole thing if you want to hear the whole song you uh just stick around to the end of the episode you know how it goes <laughs> um so this is the episode of the sopranos where um we've got gene pontecorvo getting two million dollars uh in a uh, bequeathment and uh trying to quit the mafia We've got Hesh uh, and his son-in-law, Eli, getting beat up by uh, Jerry, the hairdo, Torciano. <laughs> and of course, we have... Name. Oh, the hairdo is, is fantastic. Um, and then we have, uh, of course, Junior um, going a bit stu not and, uh, you know, thinking that he is being uh, hunted by Pussy Malenga, who is a guy who we haven't seen since the first season who we never really actually he was on tv a little bit in the first i season. have a That's pitch we... for a sopranos prequel uh movie called the many pussies of newark uh just to go into the background of wi- all, all the gangsters that are nicknamed pussy uh in the yeah. sopranos universe i think that's uh, yeah 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 I mean, there's at least two. We got big pussy. We got little pussy. There's probably a medium pussy out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the Junior thinks that uh, hairy pussy. Little, yeah. There's hairy pussy. There's shaved pussy. <laughs> <laughs> there's wet Shave. pussy. There's, <laughs> there's dry pussy. <laughs> Shave pussy, sister Nino uh, from uh, yeah. Tommy Wet Pussy Bombadari. <laughs> Bombolino. Yeah, you gotta uh you gotta admire like, I don't know, um a culture in which you're so stuck on your generation's definition of the word pussy that you're like i'm not changing it just because other people made made it mean vagina well that was you know? great in in the many saints where the guy's like wait your name's pussy and he's just like he just says yeah and smiles and they yeah. never explained the nickname further than that i was like what the no, f- okay I, why why even bring it up <laughs> but i thought it was because he was a cat burglar oh that that i like that as a theory it makes sense yeah i mean you know like a pussy cat i i mean is it just seems like once people started to use it to yeah. talk about vaginas yeah that they would be like i'd like a change in nickname please right, like right, how right. how do you i don't even know no nope. how do you do that no nope. there is no filing you, for that you uh, you gotta go to the dmv no, and you gotta go stuck with it <laughs> I would like to change my mafia nickname, you're, please. You're snot boogie for life because you had a yeah. runny nose one time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, let's let's get my into na- this. My episode. name was Big Labia because I, I was a labor uh, labor organizer. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started calling it the Labia. So, uh, general thoughts on this episode, um, Vince. I think, what'd you think? I mean, solid episode. I think. Uh, David Chase definitely gives a hat tip that he's going to go super self indulgent uh, in this season. At the beginning, he he's he's like the first line of the 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 first line of the season six is nobody ever went broke underestimating the American public, um, yeah. Which is <laughs> the ap- taste apropos of, the of nothing. Public. Like he's clearly just talking to the audience, like hey hey idiots, uh, fuck yourselves. I'm gonna do what I yeah. want in this season. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that sort of starts with later episodes. This one's this one's sort of just a solid. Uh, you know middle tier sopranos episode to me yeah i think it's uh, a a good opening uh, mike did you like this episode 
Um, yeah, I really liked it. This is maybe my third or fourth time watching it, and uh, I don't know. I always kind of felt like season six A is arguably the worst season. Whenever I rank them, that's just right. the season that's like the least memorable, and it's also I think very tedious. And it, the season does kind of feel like you know David Chase trying to be like. Tony is bad. Tony <laughs> yeah. Soprano is bad. Yeah. Don't stop putting up posters of him in your house. Stop <laughs> idolizing him. You know, they're really trying to like drive the point home that yeah. Tony is uh an asshole. Um the the opening line being no one ever went broke underestimating the taste of the American public and then having Agent Harris immediately vomit is <laughs> I think you're Which, exactly right, Vince. It that is David Chase just being like you guys are fucking hogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And you're right. gonna eat this. You're gonna eat up the vomit that right, right, I am right, spewing right. out for you. It's uh, right. I've never seen such hatred. It's also <laughs> from a TV creator. Yeah. The, the the puking right. felt like a callback to remember when he did like the misdirect where uh, I, was it Tony who thought he got uh food poisoning from the Indian food. Um, right, and yeah. then this time it's just like, oh yeah, he was in Pakistan. Of course he got, uh, of course, of course oh, right. he got it a parasite. And you're like, all right, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is the the strangest opening because then, right after that, then we've got uh, the fucking annoying ass like Buddhist spoken word. Uh, it's kind actually, of montage. I looked that up. It's actually uh, William Burroughs, but you know, same difference. Okay, yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, it's it's a poem set to music. Yeah, and uh, and this is like you know he's doing an art, and you know you can either respect it uh, if you're not a hog, or you can yeah. just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you get a you get a little you know uh, snippet into. Well, what's going on with these characters? Because this season is set two years after um, the finale of the last season. And so we've got Janice is, is breastfeeding, um, you know, uh, her her new daughter and just dead eyed realizing she she hates being a mother, uh, <laughs> just like just like her mother before her. Um, you got Bobby playing with toy trains and a, a weird Nesquik product placement. Um, the toy trains just excellent. I mean, that's like oh, the I perfect, love that the perfect button to Bobby Bacala's whole character. Yeah, is that he's like, a toy trains guy. The, he's an enthusiast of of model trains. <laughs> um, then you see Gene Pontecorvo opening a letter with his wife, and you know, hugging. He's just been bequeathed a bunch of money. You see Meadow doing a sexy dance in front of Finn, which um, yes, please, more of that. Uh, Ray Curdo on a treadmill and then AJ goofing off in class uh, and then ending all with uh, Carmela uh, having a dream sequence in the uh, in in her spec house and <laughs> where Aid is standing there next to her smoking a cigarette and uh, it's like hey what happened to Aid <laughs> and then uh, and then she wakes up so yeah, that is that's our that's our opening scene. Uh, and, uh, and listen, I I'm a big fan of opening montages, mm. and I feel like this is this is as good as the other ones. I just I don't know David Chase with with his music choices sometimes. I'm just like because he did it in Many Saints too, where he had like a, a oh, Gil Scott yep. Heron poem set to like dance techno-y music or whatever, and uh, 
it just doesn't work. <laughs> it Not to work mention a bongo sequence. You forgot the bongo spoken word sequence. Oh, in many saints. Yeah, yep. yeah, that was that was great. Um, yeah. So storylines. Um, we got a you know we got a few in here. I think we should start with Gene. I think Gene is uh, one of the bigger storylines in here. I was you know I, all I could think about this. Uh, all I could think about when I was watching this was uh, poor Robert Fanaro who who plays Gene Pontecorvo. He's probably reading the script. He's like, ah, oh, finally my character gets a big arc, and then he gets to, like the last few pages. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. then the urine trickles down his <laughs> yeah. leg right after he. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Eugene because he's not really in the show that much. He's in it briefly, and I think like season three or season four, and then yeah. he has that um that moment at the construction site where he yes. hits uh, little Paulie with the. That's very fun because there's there's a fun quality to him where they're like you know breaking balls mm-hmm. until paulie calls him gay right and then he has to you know smash yeah. a bottle in his in it's his the face. law he has to he he has to yeah yeah that actor i mean he's got a perfect face uh like his whole yeah he looks great and i and he i don't think he'd acted before this i think he's in like maybe a couple had a couple roles afterwards really? which and i don't know much about him but it makes me think that uh so, he was just kind of a, a mafioso looking guy that they that they that they correctly assumed would be able to pull off this role i think i saw him in a new york lottery commercial a couple of years ago <laughs> where he plays uh like a pizza guy he's like picks up the phone he goes sal's pizza but um he also i used to be the doorman at caroline's that was my first job when i moved to new york and it's like oh, where nice. i met my wife yeah and uh rabu Fenara was also the doorman there and so was idris elba for for a little bit i think what so little uh caroline's doorman club Jesus Christ! Uh, Idris Elba was the door guy at Caroline's. I'm pretty sure. My That's dad, fucking cool. <laughs> was Idris Elba the door guy at Caroline's? Yeah, he was. My favorite. Wow. My wife worked there for like ten years. My wife. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, my favorite. <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. My favorite. Oh. My favorite thing like that was uh, there was like a barber shop that was just uh, a few blocks north of where I was living in Morningside Heights, and uh, you know how the barber shops have like the pictures of people. Like in the different haircuts that you can mm-hmm. that you can have, and and one of the haircut models was Tracy Morgan. Right, <laughs> you could just pick. I'd like the Tracy Morgan. No, but this was like pre-fame uh, Tracy oh. Morgan. Oh, oh, really? Uh, wow, well, a job's a job, man. I would take yeah. it. It's uh, like uh, I remember, like a few years after watching The Room, I was like flipping through. I don't know why I was looking through a catalog, but it was like a. It was like a low grade, you know, like clothing catalog. And I saw the guy who played Mark, you know, that actor, Greg Sestero. And uh-huh. I was just like, hey, he's still getting work. That's good. Um, we should yeah, have Greg so Sestero a- on the show. I have his uh, phone number. Yeah. Well, call him up. dude. <laughs> Fuck. What are you doing? We all have his phone number. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to brag about a guy who yeah. just gives out his phone I'm number on Twitter. It. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Gene Pontecorvo, uh, he goes to visit Tony at the Bing, uh, and he tells him he just inherited $2 million, uh, from, uh, his aunt who was married to, uh, Victor Borg's agent. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he asks if he could, uh, if he could please quit the mafia. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have a, a clip of that. She left me an inheritance stone. Just over two mil. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Make sure you invest it. Yeah, well, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. I was thinking about buying a place in Fort Myers. 
Retiring, actually. Retiring? What are you, a hockey player? You took an oath, Gene. There's no retiring from this. Well, I, I thought about that. And there was Joe Bananas. <laughs> Come on. Huh? It just... We go back a long way, Tom. Yeah, we do. Fucking CYO basketball. You believe that? That is, uh, that's a movie I want to see. I want to see uh, young Tony Soprano doing CYO basketball with Gene Pontecorvo. I think that would be a lot of fun. And it's it's just a sports movie. It's just like a Disney Channel style sports movie where they have to they have to play a yeah scene yeah. hall prep or something. Oh, I would love that. Uh, but yeah, so like this is yeah this is the first time we actually see some like um real they're really developing the character of gene Ponzacorvo. like all we know from him so far is yeah he's the he's guy not gay yeah he's, he's <laughs> not gay and he'll beat your ass if you even joke about it uh and uh and yeah he's like you know and he's um, got a wife that's always nag nag a, nagging just chewing always, him down to a little nub Jeez, exactly women yeah Women be like that, though, <laughs> huh, guys? Uh, and it, it's it, it's great because, I mean, you say that he's, you know, maybe wasn't much of a, like, uh, he wasn't an actor when he got this role. But this is, uh, it's a, he does a great job. I mean, he kind of becomes like the Willie Loman of the Sopranos. Like, you just feel so awful for him being in the situation, which is, you know, is essentially you could see it as like allegorical to like any kind of like some person who's in some sort of working class job where they just are like they're beholden to their boss more than anything else and he's just like oh gosh i just say you know i just want to be free it's Mm. just like it's it's, all they know yeah and and it really is like it's a death of a salesman like arc that he does have i mean that is it is what they're essentially doing with his character there where he's just like the only way that my family can be free of me and and all of this like you know this toxic lifestyle that's destroying all of them is for me to take my own life so it is uh and to mike's point it's really like it really underlines that yeah tony's not a good guy you're not allowed to think that tony's uh yeah not a bad guy i mean it, it's also sort of about uh you know difficulties onboarding uh, in the mafia because like if this guy leaves you got one less one fewer soldier and yeah. uh and who are you gonna who are you gonna find yeah who are who's gonna, gonna run who, the sports who's book? gonna replace him uh, his large son no the guy's on heroin <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah his the, the biff loman character of his son is <laughs> is great like i like how he just has like a random like giant meathead of a son that's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. how did he how did he get that <laughs> you're just looking at him and he's just like whose jeans <laughs> um but uh, yeah, you know, and it's they don't really do much with uh, with his Biff Loman ass son other than like make him a uh, fucking hostile, you know, junkie. But it but it works because you can tell that it's like, I don't know, in some way tied to, yeah, you know, all of these people the have this collateral damage from the life that they're living that right. you see in their in their family dynamics. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So him asking to leave the mafia, is that like a reasonable request or is that like crazy? I couldn't really kind of <laughs> They've had I mean that. they've had they've let certain people retire. Like it's been done, but it's not like a regular thing. 
I mean, what I love is that, like, the example he chooses is someone named Joe Bananas. And it just <laughs> sucks to have that nickname as your example. It was like, well, in the case right. of, like, uh, Lupertazzi v. Bananas, uh, yeah, he actually, yeah. there is a precedent set that <laughs> I can't. <laughs> what about Joey Coconut Bra? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let him retire. Yeah, Joey Coconut Bra actually retired in 83. Your it's Honor, true. do I have to cite the case of Big Pussy v. Uh... Sopping Wet Pussy? Yeah, uh, yeah it is. Uh, I guess it's not something that is usually done. Like, there's no retiring from this, is what he says. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, part of me is like, well, I mean, what happens if you're like, if you if you just don't show up to work do they just they kill you if you just stop working right like someone will murder you I or they'll probably find you i would imagine they have ways of finding you yeah right? i mean but like if you if you like let's say you just like keep hanging out and someone's like hey he's not making his collections and you just go i don't want to do it anymore you get some i'll get someone else to do it like are they going to be like Pick up the envelope or we'll fucking kill right. you. No, I, yeah, I pretty much. He should have got himself fired. That would have been a better move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should that's the thing. You don't you don't retire. You just you just be incompetent and they'll just be like, Yeah, Gene, uh you just do whatever, man. Don't worry, don't just, worry about it. He just starts wearing champion tracksuits instead of Fila. Like, what, what are you doing? That's not the yeah. uniform. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, no. that's a delicate line you got to escape between you know getting getting nudged aside and getting whacked. Like that's it's hard to it's hard to thread that needle. Yeah. So you know, Gene really wants to move to Florida. You know, uh, and retire. And his he and his wife have like found this beautiful place that they're gonna get. But you know, the, the Tony is being kind of cagey about whether or not he's gonna do it. Um. And there's kind of a parallel storyline with uh, Ray Curdo. Um, Ray has been a rat since his introduction on the show. And I love that the scene where Ray Curdo dies, he's in the car talking with uh, Agent San Severino, which is the same the same woman who basically is responsible for the death of uh, Adriana. And he's in the middle of like giving her a tape and trying to explain what happened on the tape. And then he just kind of, he just dies right in front of her. And <laughs> you see this look in San Severino's eyes, which is just like, fuck, I'm really bad at this job. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all of my informants keep dying. Yeah, I mean, he just got Point. through saying, like, yeah, it's a little hard to hear, but I'd be willing to testify. Uh, <laughs> and she's yeah. like, ah, oh, god damn it. But then we yeah. have a, a wonderful smash cut to funeral. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, everyone's, you know, looking over Ray Curdo's body and being like, he's the last of a dying breed. Yeah. Everyone else is a rat, but this guy was a stand-up fella. Everyone looking sad. Frankie Valley's there for some reason. Just classic Jersey funeral. Yeah. Right, right, right. He comes to, yeah. If you reach a certain level of Frankie of Valley shows up at your funeral. Yeah. yeah of Italianness, yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but the thing I love about the show is that, like, yeah, Raymond's a rat the whole time, and you never really find out. And at the funeral, they're like, oh, you know, like, what a stand-up guy. And these things are n never revealed. And uh, so much of the show is that. People lie into each other, and it never, right. it, it never comes to light. And that, that's why I kind of hated uh, The Many Saints in Newark so much, because there's that scene at the beach where she, you know, like, confesses to him. I don't know if you want me to spoil the movie or not. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, it's fine. 
where but where she confesses to to Dickie that she's uh you know you sleeping know. with someone else and it's a black yeah. man and it's and your it's, mortal enemy and it's your enemy yeah and she's yeah, let me just tell him that yeah. you know yeah. now <laughs> i'm sure it'll be fine now that yeah, we're on I this really... secluded beach together what if i yeah. just laid all my cards on the table yeah. oh oh you're in the mafia i'm i'm fucking your black enemy yeah <laughs> um like that's gonna be and then and then so like to me that was that was where the movie kind of fell apart yeah right and yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah and that and then the show like even another level of that is that we find out that uh Eugene, that Gene Pontecorvo is basically a rat also uh, yeah mm-hmm. it, you find out that one of the many reasons that he's not gonna be able to do this Florida thing uh is that not only is Tony not letting him out of it um despite the fact that he like he does a hit for for chris uh who is a captain now uh and um thinks like okay this will get me you know i'm getting in good with with tony by doing this hit and then you know sill pulls him aside later and says uh that you know that florida thing is a no-go you know he's trying to explain it to his wife and then he gets a call and it's the FBI and they're like you can't leave uh, among your friends is where you're useful yeah and, and it's Tony just, doesn't ugh. even have the balls to tell him that that he can't go he has Silvio oh him. yeah you know, and Sylvia won't even look him in the eye. I mean, it's like I was watching this movie. And I was like, why would anybody want to be in the mafia? <laughs> yeah, <That's just> awful. <laughs> it's 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 the ultimate like, you know, uh, manager or like boss move, like where your boss is like they're not the one to tell you that your PTO wasn't approved. You know, mm-hmm. it's always like some like Silvio manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Assistant manager who's like, oh, uh, no, you actually you have to work Thanksgiving. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh and it sucks because the you know, FBI is also telling him that he can't leave. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So he's trapped. His wife really wants this house in Florida. And um, he is looking at pictures of his beautiful family uh, and his and his fucking junkie son <laughs> <laughs> and uh he decides there was only one way out so he 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 pulls a willie loman and he uh, kills himself for you know to to free his family and it is like one of the most brutal death scenes i think in the series uh it just like they show the entire process of him hanging himself where he's just like you know like pulling at it mm-hmm. and, you know it's just oh it's just really really brutal and then cherry on top he pisses himself <laughs> and yeah. oh they really did him dirty man it is it's not nice um yeah, but, but it's if he also was an informant if he was an informant he's probably going to jail anyway right i think if you're informing you're informing because you uh, have worked out a deal in which you get some sort of immunity, immunity. so okay so he's he's not you know gonna go to jail, but um, but I think you know once yeah so he couldn't it, it, wait he couldn't wait to go to Florida after the trial. I think it's just a question of like he's he sees that this life is like destroying his family, like his son is yeah. a fucking junkie, and yeah, you know yeah. his his wife sucks, <laughs> and he's just like you know half of this is my fault, you know, yeah. uh, and he. It's like we have the money and all that it would take to free them from this toxic environment is me dying. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the decision he makes, which is uh, <clears throat> I don't know. So if I were in that position, I uh, fucking I'd do the same thing, dude. I don't know. I thought I'm, his idea about uh, buying a townhouse and, you know, waiting it out for a year, hoping that. Tony eventually, you know, has a change of heart. That seemed like a good plan in the moment, but yeah, I agree. Also, couldn't you just join? Like, don't they have like uh, uh, branches in Florida? Yeah, you got to apply for a transfer with. The, yeah, apply for a transfer with, and just you know be a part of the Florida mafia with the wet pussy Masseria, uh the <laughs> mafia HR manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the end of Gene. Um, the other storyline, we got uh, a, a bit of Carm and uh, her, you know, continuing journey trying to have a spec house. Yeah. Or more um, more importantly, I think the main storyline is that she and Tony have discovered uh, sushi. Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> which is, yeah. Which is a great, like, mid-aughts uh, Jersey <laughs> Jersey story, suburban right, New right. Jersey storyline. Which like, is funny because, like, the beginning of the show... Like I think they, I think uh, David Chase finally addressed my natural confusion of like, uh, do these people ever eat anything besides like the fifteen Italian American dishes that uh, we all yeah. grow? like? Like how many times yeah. can you have chicken marsala in one month? Uh, and finally, finally he has them discovering some ethnic food, which was nice. I think I had sushi for the first time in two thousand six as well, and my uh, 
my boss at the marketing company at the home improvement company was like, you got to go to this place in Montclair, Sushi Hana. It's great. It's just called <laughs> yeah. Sushi Hana. Yeah, there's something about not necessarily Italian American suburban, but just any suburban like upper middle class person kind of discovering sushi. It's like, oh, finally, I can spend more money on food. And like, yeah. you know, there's something because you could tell he feels very fancy. He's like p- pulling up a a, a, a piece right. of fish and he's like forty dollars for a piece of fish that they flew first class. And it's like, man, <laughs> like like this is any upper middle class person, a suburban dad is going to be like, you know, I'm eating like a king over yeah. here. You know, it's, well, it, they also double down on it where they have them. They do have them at Vesuvio and they're all complaining about the food like boy yeah Artie's really fallen off he keeps making the same shit uh it's not even as good it's like the meat's dry now where'd they get this bread the bread museum that was a great (laughs) joke yeah (laughs) it's one of my favorites um so they're they're eating uh at a sushi bar called noro and like karm is telling tony about this nightmare that she's having where aid was visiting her spec house i actually i have a i have a clip of uh, that scene together so I had a nightmare the other night. Did I wake you up? No. Aid was in the house. My spec house. Was she going to buy it? We were just talking. <laughs> I wonder where she is. Aid. I told you, she probably met some guy. Not call anyone for over a year? What's this? There's, there's sauce on the shrimp. Shiromi, tekamaki, salmon with tomato. You know, Jimmy Petrillo, the rat that gave up John, was like an uncle to him. His father's compadre. Why do you think I toss at night? Interesting apnea. I notice you haven't been taking your antidepressants. And yet the bonefish are back in season. It's a kind of a blessing. It's kind of year I just had. Celebrating your uh, financial success at a sushi bar like you're eating prime rib is very funny to me. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I, I also like well, one thing I noticed uh, that's changed in this season is just how much louder uh, James Gandolfini's James Gandolfini's breathing is like yeah I mean he was always like a good like breathing actor but now it's in like Dolby surround every time uh, he's in a scene <laughs> I mean and that's kind of a, a storyline uh, happening in this episode is um, his I guess dramatic weight gain that that has happened now with for some reason with Jam- James Gandolfini he does not feel fat I know he is fat but like there's something about the shape of his body where I don't see like, oh, that's a big fat man. I just see like a, I see a wide, strong man. <laughs> I don't know why. But um, all of this sushi is uh, is really taking a toll. Uh, he keeps going back to, he eats at Noro alone at one point. And it, this is, I think, my favorite scene in the episode. He weighs himself on a scale <laughs> and sees that he's 285 pounds. And then he he takes off um, his shoes and he steps back on the scale and then he gets off the scale again and he takes off his pants and then he weighs himself a third time and now it's 280. And then they, the, the, the next shot is him going, all right, like, like, <laughs> like the fact that he's like, you know, was wearing like, you know, five. Well, if you, you know, if you minus the shoes and minus the pants, I'm actually a pretty good weight. Like I, I, I fucking, I loved watching him struggle with his, with his weight. Now I'm only um, 60 pounds from my target weight. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I looked at it as like, oh, five pounds, huh? Well, I'm going to eat five pounds of sushi tonight. <laughs> I mean, sushi 
is probably the healthiest thing that Tony's ever eaten on the show. Yeah, that is true. But all that rice, uh, you can get fat from sushi. Yeah. Uh, if you, I mean, you have to have a lot of money, but it's possible. <laughs> so Carmela is trying to uh, get her spec house to move forward. And, you know, she has the scene with uh, her dad, Hugh, in which the, uh, the inspector affirms the stop work order. Um, and because he, he used pine and I don't know anything about construction. Do you guys, are you guys construction people at all? I not really, but I guess it was utility grade pine instead of building grade pine. It was just the grade that he used. Yeah. Oh, so he needs to get that Doug fur. He didn't have the Doug fur and, uh, that was, that was a big no, no. Yeah, so you know, he, so, and he, he did the thing where he's like, eh, "Why don't you talk to so and so?" Pudgy Walsh, and the guy's like, "Yeah, that guy's retired. Like, we don't even yeah, the, we don't the, even do that anymore." I think that's kind of a common uh, customer service experience nowadays, where where you know you're you try to you try to rely on the human touch somehow, and then the person who's in charge is like, "Yeah, yeah, no, we don't we don't do human touch anymore. Like, no one yeah. does." No one does face-to-face things anymore. Yeah. You have to abide. I don't know the names of my of of my bosses, yeah. like three bosses removed. The algorithm know? says that you can't use this wood. and uh, Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so Karm is, like, really trying to pressure Tony. Like, yeah, call the inspector, call the inspector. And I, I do love the scene in which he is uh, still not called the inspector but gives her a car. Um, just to, just to kind of get her to shut up a little bit. Um, her, her storyline kind of ends with, um, she's having dinner at Vesuvio with, uh, Angie Bombancero. And then as they leave, uh, Angie has a Corvette that she bought with her own money. And, uh, Carmela is jealous, which is, uh, she's also doing like the perfect, uh, she's doing the late, the perfect, like middle-aged housewife move thing where she wants to have her own job but like any any feasible source of income for her requires like hundreds of thousand dollars worth of startup capital like she's right like she wants to she wants to separate herself from tony and the mafia somehow but like everything that she does is, is still underwritten by all of tony's crimes in the end yeah right yeah she can't go get like a bank loan you know, and, and she's also because she's like, you know, a high class or I don't know, a, a, a upper middle class, uh, you know, suburban white woman. Yeah, she's not going to when she says she wants a job, she doesn't mean she wants to do fucking, you know, she's not going to work at a Costco. You know, she doesn't want to, like, sit in an office like she's, uh, you know, she wants it, to open a candle shop on uh, right in like <laughs> yeah. Silver Lake or something. Exactly. Exactly. It's called fragrant pussy, and uh, no, it, like she, she's, she's not trying to have like a like a, a job job. She, she's, she's doing what everyone was doing in two thousand six, really which is tr- trying to flip houses. Yeah, she can't really even fathom a normal job, and that's kind of the way things are now. Like, like this show was sort of set at the beginning of the end of like American Empire, and now we're like well into the aftermath of that. Like this was like the first time that you couldn't call in a favor to to the house inspector uh right. and now we're like to the point where we 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 so 
definitively don't produce anything that the, the like the latest fad is to just own like a JPEG that you say is valuable somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, you have to mint an NFT in order to be like, oh, I, I have an asset. Yeah, the only thing you they're can called, imagine. They're called NFTs, Tony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing you can imagine Look at as this monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth 24 Ethereum. <laughs> this could be the new Disney. This could be the new uh, Mickey Mouse. You know, Mickey yeah, Mouse yeah. is an animation cell too. Yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah. Push, uh, strung out gorillas. Everyone, push, strung out gorillas. Yeah, yeah it's the uh, the new webistics. Um, but uh, Gary yeah. V says they're very profitable, Tony. <laughs> you know, AJ would have like a friend who has a bunch of NFTs and a big. Yeah, plan. he's got a Slipknot oh, NFT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know the the Kuzumanos next door, are like you know they're they're mining ether from their home, you know. Oh, yeah. My neighbor was talking to me about NFTs a couple weeks ago, and he's got like he's got a wife and two kids, and and he was like, the way he was talking about it, he was like, well, yeah, you could screenshot it, sure, but you could also take a picture of yourself in front of somebody's mansion and say this is my mansion when it's really not. <laughs> there's lots right. of things you could do man it's like yeah you can actually do yeah. stuff inside a mansion like live there as opposed to yeah. this is literally just the thing that you look at not owning anything except for uh digital pictures of someone else's property <laughs> that's the world we live in um and yeah so the other thing that's going on in this episode um uh, there's a little bit of uh like the mafia stuff that is happening is you've got Phil Leotardo is now basically running New York while Johnny Sack is in prison. G- Jenny is visiting him, showing him pictures of fucking, you know, his, his beautiful fat daughter and his, <laughs> and his skinny daughter. Uh, and he loves his family, which is very I, I, adorable. I like that people finally acknowledged that Phil Leotardo really does have a jerk off face. It's really something with that fucking jerk off face. <laughs> the eyebrows. I fucking can't stand. <laughs> Agent Harris, where you been? Got some new federality in my rear view for six months. Actually, I've been in Pakistan. Get the fuck out. Seriously, I was transferred to terrorism. The terrorist squad, huh? What'd you lose a little weight? Uh, you look good. Atkins, right? They caught a parasite over there. Doctors don't know what it is. What do they eat, tabbouleh? Actually, that's why I'm here. I've been dying for a Satriali's veal palm hero. Fuck him. I hope that parasite eats his asshole up. <laughs> oh man i was that is uh just just like primo fucking chris multisante content just hating people's faces and hoping that uh you know parasites eat out people's assholes i mean i feel like that's a really uh relatable thing to say about phil leotardo is that you just don't uh, like his face yeah i mean he does look like the shaw of iran <laughs> and people pointing that out, uh, they are correct in that. And he does have the the bushiest eyebrows, I think, in mafia history. Yeah. To, yeah. And to, uh, to to a broader point, I think that like the, the Christopher character, he always rides the line between like believable dumb and like uh, Homer Simpson dumb. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it's sometimes they sort of rely on him him being stupid for as a crutch for like easy jokes. Um, yeah, and I think this, 
this episode really rides that line really well where yeah. you know they're in the <laughs> they're in the hospital with Hesh and his son. <laughs> I, have, I have that exact clip. Hold My son-in-law and me, we're having dinner Sunday in a Chinese restaurant near Mill Basin. We get jumped by three guys in a Lexus. Chinks did this? What are you trying to be fucking funny? You want to smack in the mouth? What? I'm serious. <laughs> I was serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, I'm not even sure... I understand how he could have inferred that other than they were leaving the Chinese restaurant. Or is it like Chinese people drive Lexuses? Is that, I think, is that what? Uh, yeah, my take is that Christopher is a moron and any conversation. paying attention. Yeah. yeah, any conversation, he's only sort of half paying attention. So he like goes to, he jumps to whatever, like the last word that he heard. <laughs> it's amazing. That was, uh, that was fucking great, but yeah. So that the, the storyline there is uh, is like Hesh's son-in-law Eli gets beat up by s- some people who are part of Jerry Torciano's crew, the hairdo, who's some guy we've never met, and I don't think we're going to see much of in the future. And it's just kind of this is uh, a kind of a red herring in the episode because I feel like you know uh, David Chase is writing this episode in a way where he's he knows that like the hogs that he hates love the mafia shit you know they love watching a guy get beat up they love uh you know uh hey you we gotta do a a a sit down with the fucking hairdo and work this out and like uh and you're wondering like oh where's this going is this season gonna be about like this fucking war with hash versus you know the hairdo and whatnot and it's all a fucking red herring for what the episode is actually about which is uh junior soprano losing his fucking mind and uh thinking that pussy malenga is after him so that's that's the the final storyline we're gonna get into right and just to to mike's point about um like the, the the heart of the sopranos was characters not finding out these huge secrets and sort of not knowing things that we know and they sort of undid that and uh, the many saints in Newark, like by by that same point, like one of the things that I always appreciated about the Sopranos is is that there were there were these moments of uh, genuine like fear and violence that were scary and, and intimidating in the way that they were intended, but almost always they would cut that with some sort of like Three Stooges sort of mm-hmm. comedy of errors like farce uh, within right. that. And this this episode was a great example because like they're. They're beating him up. They're 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 threatening to burn <laughs> these two guys alive. Yeah, they're, they're trying to burn the Jews. They're trying to gas the yeah. Jews. And in the midst of this, he just gets hit by a random taxi, like a slapstick <laughs> bit, like just completely out of nowhere in the middle of yeah. it. And so, yeah. you know, he's he's legitimately ha- had grievous injury done to him, but not because he was getting beat up by the mafia, just because no. he ran out in the street and got hit by a car. Yeah, and and even the guy, you know, the enforcer who like was there and was beating him up was like, for the record, that was a hit and run. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, listen, I I was trying to beat the shit out of out of this Jew, but I wasn't trying to like put him this much in the hospital. You know, I, I would I'm not cruel. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's that is like the thing that I think often goes underrated on the Sopranos is that like most of their, the violence is funny and that's why I enjoy it. I I don't enjoy it cause it's cool, which is one of the reasons why, 
like you said, like many saints, there's just not enough jokes. I need my my deaths to have jokes in them. Like yeah, Gene yeah. didn't just hang himself; he pissed himself. Right. That's what made the scene. You know. Um. So yeah. Uh. Tony. Uh, we open the Tony Junior storyline with Tony is like digging in Junior's backyard, looking for money that he believes that he hid somewhere, and it's just like completely clear. Like it's been a few seasons of watching him like kind of go downhill cognitively. And this is now, I think the point in which like Tony is realized that he is, uh, that he is completely lost his, like he's lost touch with reality. Um, and Janice is suggesting rightly, I think, in, in my opinion, that they put him in green Grove, like put him in a fucking nursing home. Like this guy needs to be taken care of. And Tony is like, completely flipped on on his opinion on on nursing homes because he's like you see what they did to ma Mm -hmm. and it was like i don't know how his opinion shifted so hard on it's just he he he's grown up in an environment where everybody like falsely mythologizes their family members as soon as they passed like that's so true like livia you know was this sort of uh like hectoring wife and then as soon as johnny died she's like oh he was a saint he was a saint what are you talking about like you were (laughs) like all you did was nag him and and talk shit when you were alive but as soon as they they die they become a saint yeah that's right and and it's funny because uh he is definitely like uh, i i don't know he's regressed uh psychologically um and he is now back to kind of like blaming himself for what happened with him and his mom who like tried to kill him um and there's like this scene that i I love so much where uh, it's one of my other favorite scenes in this episode is like tony um just picking on aj uh for no real reason just like finding something to be mad about and then like in front of him taking a break uh from picking on him about like giving a jacket to a friend taking a break to lavish praise upon meadow and then going back to basically calling aj a dipshit for giving you know his jacket away and then reminding him that like family is the only thing that matters (laughs) like all your friends testify against you in court remember that (laughs) yeah yeah remember that friends are just future snitches (laughs) the only people who matter are your family and it's like your family literally tried to kill you multiple (laughs) times um and uh and yeah so he has this scene with melfi um kind of a strange scene in my opinion uh in which melfi talks about how he tried to smother his mother with a pillow. Yeah, I was like, how does she know that? Where did, how does she know? Was she watching she, the previous did season? She, does she watch The Sopranos? <laughs> she has I did, HBO. She's the only character in this that has HBO. It, yeah, so that was, that was kind of strange. And then also, like, uh, I think one of, uh, like, a, a great moment in the scene between Tony and Melfi is Melfi is back on her, like, unreconstructed freudian shit just like this is all just about your mother and he just like looks at his watch uh, (laughs) yeah because it's just like oh just the same scene over and over again with him and melfi stopped at a light yesterday and i see this nanny black girl pushing a baby carriage and coming the other way is another one with this old lady in a wheelchair 
staring off into space. The circle of life. Circle jerk of life. Where's the dignity? If you're lucky in the end, you can let go of your pride. Let your loved ones care for you. I'd rather they hold a pillow over my face. I find it interesting you would say that. You tried to smother your mother with a pillow. The fuck I did. I grabbed a pillow but it, just to keep my hands occupied. Have you considered getting your uncle some live-in help? Well, we got a girl comes in days. She's uh, from Trinidad. Does he have the means for assisted living? Didn't you just say to let your loved ones take care of you? If it's feasible. Well, he's my uncle. I don't think that's what we're talking about. What are we talking about? The fact that you still, after all this time, cannot accept you had a mother who didn't love you. <sighs> is that what this is about, Melfi? Again, <laughs> Melfi was friends this... with uh, Melfi was friends with Philly Parisi. Actually, they would. Have oh him. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Big Mel was like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like. Oh look, god! When you got a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Everything looks like a nail, dude. It's just Floyd. like it's just, and and it's like I, I'm not saying I don't totally get what she's saying. I mean, it, there is a connection there in which, like, he is now, um, he's doing what he always does, which is like pretend, like, um, in order to be a good person, I have to martyr myself for my family because that's what a good boy would do, just like he would with his mom. You know, I gotta take it on the chin every time she destroys my brain with her mean manipulative you know shit that she does and says but it's like you know if i'm tony i'm just like oh my god i cannot pay another dime for for yeah. you to give me the same analysis over and over yeah how does knowing my mother didn't love me help me in my current life what ends up happening is uh you know uh, junior gets worse and worse um tony while he's like uh sailing on the stugats he gets a call from his uh younger sister Jan barbara janice has a kid uh through what i can only imagine was the magic of modern medical science <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, and that's just uh, Oh, you're saying I don't fuck my wife? <laughs> don't, I told you. I try to fuck her every day I do. But she don't listen. No, like, she's, she is the opposite of, Bar like, Barbara is concerned about Junior. Is saying, like, you know, Junior is, like, saying some wild shit. He's very agitated. He's very angry. And uh, Janice is just on some, like, same, same old selfish shit. Um, you know, they can't look after junior today cause they have, they have to go to some school meeting for a, for a, for a one-year-old <laughs> and, um, uh, and then yeah, Tony decides, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. Goes over to uncle junior's house who is just lost his upper teeth and, uh, is just a, in a really sorry, sad, sad state. And, uh, is complaining about pussy malanga and and whatnot and tony puts on some uh, some arty shaw and starts cooking some pasta because when you have no teeth pasta is a very good dish um and i guess while he's up there you know junior forgets who he's been talking to this whole time and his paranoia kind of just reaches reaches a fever pitch and uh he finally after six seasons shoots tony right in the fucking stomach 10 minutes uncle joe who's down here Artie shaw 
Ten minutes. Don't go anywhere. I'm not. I'm right here. Put your rubbers on your feet. You got any wine? Gatsa, Again, the, the violence on this show is so funny. Because not only does he, like, when he shoots him in the stomach, he, like, falls over, like, two household objects. <laughs> it, he does, like, the funniest pratfall. Like, first he knocks over, like, the record player, and then, like, a stool, and then a chair. It's, it's yeah. just like he keeps tripping. He, he trips three times before he actually hits the ground. Even uh, earlier in the episode, Eugene throwing the candy dish into the wall was very funny. Yeah. Just pick yeah. up the first thing you find and chuck it into the wall. Just mad, at, doing heroin. mad at his at his meathead son for, for yelling at him. And just, yeah, just like, oh, what's, what's around and throws the fucking, yeah. I think um, the outstanding question there is like, does, does Junior still shoot Tony if Tony uh, wasn't sarcastic with him when he, when he asks who's down there? I mean, I don't know. I uh, I think so. I think at that point he is completely lost touch with reality. So he doesn't, you know. It's a, he's he's thinking that it's it's Malenga no no matter what what no matter what's happening. But uh, but yeah, that th- that scene is like it's long and drawn out and fucking amazing because like you've got Junior like running upstairs and he's like oh fuck I have this gun and his like mafia instincts are trying to like kick in the action but he's he's old as shit so he's just like under the bed he throws it under the bed and then he hides in a closet and starts crying it's like (laughs) it's it's really good Um, and yeah and then Tony fucking you know he tries to he tries to pick up the phone and he ends up ripping it out of the wall and then he has to crawl his ass, you know, uh, to the living room or to the kitchen and then calls 911. And we end the episode with uh, him having successfully called 911 and passing out on the floor. And that uh, they say to this day that that pasta is still boiling. <laughs> so, Yeah. And that is, uh, and that's where we end it. Uh, Junior has shot Tony, and we don't know what's going to happen. Is he dead? Is he gonna? Is he gonna live? Is there going to be like a three-episode dream sequence? Probably not. I uh, hope that not. Would, that would, that be, would terrible, be annoying. Why would anyone watch that? But we will see the next time there is an episode. Well, time will tell. Time will tell what will happen. Um, okay, real quick. Uh, I said my favorite scenes. Um, you know, I liked AJ, um, being called an idiot for lending a jacket to a friend. Um, do you, uh, either you guys have like a a favorite scene, a least favorite scene, a scene we didn't talk about? We, uh, we talked about my favorite scene, which is he's really something, huh? With that jerk off face. Like that's a classic line. Um, Least favorite, uh, either the William S. Burroughs voiceover or the fact that no one no one calls Janice out for being really old to have uh, a baby. Like no like, like this is like the the fat people get it every like three seconds. They never forget that they're fat on the show, but no one uh no yeah. one no one ever says like how the fuck did Janice have a kid? Isn't she like forty five? They could have done IVF. Who yeah. Knows? No, I'm sure, but I feel like someone would have said something. 
Mike, any uh, scene you want to talk about specifically? I think I like Eugene's wife telling him to kill Tony. Yeah. It was like interesting. And and the whole thing of like, you know, Eugene's probably built this nice life for his family by doing crimes and then and then his wife doesn't respect him and thinks he's, you know, like uh she must think he's like a little worm and that's, you know, you want your you want the woman that you love to respect what you do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Somehow I found a woman who respects podcasting. I don't know. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very few wives respect their podcaster husbands, and um, yeah, yeah. you know it's the same thing with the like, mafia. I mean, she's it's like, clear why don't you that put a bullet in his head, and she's like, "Tony's a piece of shit. Like, why are you letting him? You know, have all this power yeah. over you?" And yeah, you yeah. can tell he just feels so emasculated. Yeah, Francesca says all the time when I, I when I only get half the Patreon money, she says, mm-hmm. "Matt, why don't you just put a bullet in his head?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, I knew you it. Know. nice. You got an OG there. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, the That's real what you gangster get for being engaged to an Italian. I know. Seriously, she is too Italian. Um, real gangster. This episode. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh dementia. I'll say that. <laughs> um, uh-huh. yeah, dementia is the real gangster. And if I had to grade this episode, and I, of course I could give it any grade at all. I uh, yeah, I would give it a B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, I'd say solid B plus. It's all B plus. All right, Mike. What would you give this episode? I know you guys always do that, but this, I think this episode really is a solid B plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That was a it's a good grade. Yeah, solid B plus episode of The Sopranos and a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Mike Michael Racine R- Racine. Do people say Racine? Racine no? is the Italian. Uh, oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. Racine. Uh, Mike, where can people uh, find you on the internet? You can find me at Twitter at Mike Racine, uh, Instagram Racine.Mike, and uh, check out my podcast, The Sit Down. Yeah, and, uh, you know, catch him in yeah, Atlanta at, at the Roll Call Theater, November yeah, 19th. Check out him and Adam Friedland at the Roll Call Theater. It's going to be a fun show. Patreon.com slash broadcast, where the $8 tier gets you. A shout out. Okay, Vince. Oh boy, we took nice. uh, you know our normal uh, you know month long season break, and um, in that time we had a lot of people bump up to uh, eight dollars. So this Do is they where get a shout out every week. Every week. Oh no, they get a shout out. They get one they shout gone? out. Yeah, okay. and then they should stay at eight dollars because we love them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they can also bump down to five. But please don't actually bump up to ten, and then I will fly to your city and suck your dick. <laughs> um, but uh, Vince, I give you a name. You give them a mafia name. Are you ready? <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna try and uh, maintain the stamina through all of these. But yeah. Okay. All right. First one, Sylvester Gatto. Hey, Sylvester Gatto. More like Sylvester the cat. Uh, we call him Big Pussy. Yeah, there's I was gonna say you have to. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh Harry Evans. Harry Evans. We call this guy Harry Pussy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I see what's gonna happen. Uh next one is L Anderson. Um she actually paid us in the Norwegian crone. Mm. So I think she is Norwegian? I don't know. Yeah, we'll call her Weege. All right. L Weege Anderson. Uh Tom Havy. Uh, Havy, why don't you, uh, have a 
Coke and a smile. We call him uh, we call him Smiley. That's a that's a cholo nickname that I gave him. Yeah, Smiley is a cholo nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Zachary Coop. Hey, Chicky. All right, you know, I like it. Chicken uh, coop. Yeah, whatever. no, I got it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Vinopal. Vino. Hey, we call this guy the Wino. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one is uh, was just. This is not an S Marge H ten one five one. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him the Egg because that sounds like the Twitter handle <laughs> of someone who had an egg ad- avatar. Uh, yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, that is a bot. Um, Brooks Rittle. Brooks. Uh, you know, we call this guy uh, the babbler because, you know, he's like a... Babbling Brook. No, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. No, you got it. <laughs> uh, Liam Wilde. We've got 10 more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mike. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, it's not like I have a family or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Wilde. We, uh, we call him horse. Yeah, why not? Sure. Uh, Sarah Bell. Sarah Bell. Uh, we call her Smelly, cause you know I'll, Bell. I'll, Bell Smell. We got it. You know. I'll I'll call her the Brain, cause like cerebral. You know. I don't. Mm-hmm. Sir, all right. This Fe- is why I don't do it. listener. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matthew Gone. Yeah, Gone fishing. All right. <laughs> Cody Whittington. Uh, yeah, we call this guy. Uh, uh, you know. Uh. <laughs> Uh oh, your brain's broke. <laughs> My brain's broke. Um, uh, uh, Cody, we call Whittington. him. We call him HTML because you know he's he's coding. <laughs> he's coding. All right, uh, Jeffrey Barta. Mm. Yeah, we call this guy uh, Simpson. You know Bart Simpson. Yep, got know. it. Felix Clock. Yeah, well, that's. Mm. Uh, we call him the Clock Sucker. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Go. I'm sorry, Felix. Um, well, I mean, he's Felix the cat. We call him uh, Big Pussy. Um, uh, Addison Firth. Uh, Firth. Addison Girth. Yep. Oh, oh, there we go. Addison Girthy. 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 We, girthy. we, we call him girth, Girthy. Girthy, yeah. Patrick Purcell. We call him Percy. Okay. Girthy and Percy, you know. Big, uh, we call him Big Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Percy. Uh, Gregor Thompson. Uh Kafka. All right. Yep. The Reverend Doctor Michael Strange. Uh, we call him uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Uh, Ian King. No, oh, that's obvious. Kingo from the Eternals. Everybody's favorite uh, Eternals. Everyone's character. favorite. Yeah. Uh, okay. Henning Fog. Uh, we call him Carl the Fog. All right. Frank Davis. Uh, we're gonna call him Raiders because his his family owns the Raiders. Yep. No, I got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Davis family. Um, Andrew Boyle. Does it? <laughs> and lastly, Je- Jesse Eldridge. Uh, uh, we- <sighs> Cleaver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Too easy. Mm-hmm. We call him Uncle Jesse. I don't know. All right, Uncle Jesse. That's good. <laughs> You'll sure. love that. Uh-huh. All right, everyone. Those were your. Eight dollar pot yourself a shout out patrons. Whew, that was the lightning Patreon. round. I'm gonna go take a nap after that many. Yeah, episodes. you gotta take a nap. Patreon.com slash broadcast. Uh all the bonus episodes are on there. They're all fantastic. We're talking about things other than the Sopranos. It's the broadcast, but on Patreon. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 
415-275-0030. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Leaves of pot of 
Mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.